0: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Manchester is Red podcast for the Manchester Evening News. I'm Rich Fay, and I am delighted, as always, to be joined by Tyrone Marshall. Good afternoon. And by Samuel Luckhurst. Good afternoon. And a rare defeat, Samuel. It seems that we have not talked about this. We usually start in such a jolly mood, but we're recording this on the Tuesday. It's the weekend after United's you know, first domestic defeat under Oligon Solskjaer, the first away defeat in all as well against uh, under Solskjaer and it was a defeat against Arsenal a team they've already beaten away from home uh, United were so good in that FA Cup tie they really sort of just exposed all of Arsenal's weaknesses that we, we knew about and they played well in the counter-attack they had some key players still missing for this game on the weekend but what's, what's your reflection like? because I've sp- spoken to some United fans and they, they can't complain too much they're probably the better side against Arsenal they maybe even played better against Arsenal than they did against PSG and yet they lost.
1: Yeah, the the irony of it was that for such an attack minded Arsenal side, they probably won more down to the way they defended, or, or the way uh, Leno performed. He, I don't know if he was given man the match, but he should have been. He made some some pretty important saves. It, it always comes back to that that sticking point with Lukaku, and it does feel a little churlish in a way to criticise him, having gone on a run of six goals in. In three games, but in two of those games, he did miss or waste easy chances before he did score. And lo and behold, at Arsenal, he misses another relatively routine chance, and this time United pay the price for it. But I mean, I saw the the Gary Neville Jamie Carragher debate about De Gea's goalkeeping, and I completely agree with Neville. I don't know what the debate is. for Neville, you are on. It was just. It was. It was just an. Tim Neville. It was. It was an inexplicable an absurd error um, and I think the, the view from behind the goal showed you that as he went to his left and the shot had been hit he then continued going to his left mm-hmm. and then he stopped at the point knowing that it was going the other way it was just a, a bad error I don't think it has anything to do with the contract situation although going back four years ago there were a couple of goals he conceded during that period uh, that were, were uncharacteristic by him uh, so It it was, it's a weird one because you think of some of the defeats United have had and certainly in terms of the coverage, it's better if they were to lose in a spectacularly bad way just because fans want to get things off their chest. They want to be angry about it. They feel as though it's, you know, they're cleansing their souls or something like that. But it was just, you know, they conceded a. A fluky goal I don't think it was a penalty um, in the second half and they had probably four or five really good chances to to win the game for the majority I would say they were the better side as well so and and also Arsenal don't give the impression that they're going to be fourth place mainstays either I think you look at it's changing quite a lot it seems to be changing every week who's in in that fourth place spot and it is so tight. I think there are about three or four points that separate third place and, and sixth place. So it's it's probably going to be chopping and changing between now and, and, and the final weekend of the season. But it's just that it's maybe a little bit more galling for Solskjaer that they did lose having played reasonably well.
0: Yeah, Ty, there was three changes from the side, which did start at least against mm. uh, Paris Germain. Well, obviously Eric Bailly dropped out that was gotta be no surprise in that one but I think there was maybe some surprise over the midfield selection McTominay and Fred and even maybe less to and Andres Pereira were all good relatively in Paris I think Pereira's out of the three the worst but Fred and looked good. Um, Pogba was always going to come back in after his suspension. Yeah. Um, but the decision should start Matic as well. Do you think Solskjaer paid
2: the price or do you think it's just hindsight we can criticise those decisions? Well, I think it's just hindsight. I don't think um, Pogba or Matic were particularly to blame. Like I say, Pogba was always going to come back in, although he kind of came back in on a, the, the left of a midfield four almost. It was quite hard to work out what United were, were playing early on. It was almost a lopsided 4-3-3, 4-4-2. It was very sort of unconventional with the primary aim, obviously, of getting Rashford and Lukaku together up front. But I don't think the selection was, was much of an issue. If anything, Charles going in the last couple of games has shown himself to, you know, you hear all this guff about, oh, he's put smiles on faces and he's patted people on the back and told them how good they are and look how well United are playing. There's far more to it than that. And, you know, he has shown himself to be a bit of a tactical thinker over the last couple of games. For, for better and for worse, with some of his decisions, like Bayer right back in Paris was a, a bit of a head scratcher, but he's also shown that he's capable of solving in game problems. He switched to a back three midway through the first half against Arsenal and, and did kind of stem the tide there. But it was a strange defeat, and it, 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 it's not one you can really draw many conclusions from. You know, De Gea. Did, I don't really understand the debate. I mean, De Gea made a mistake.
0: You don't the, understand. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't Sky see Sports how he cannot managed say. To show their new. Did you see these new cameras? Sky Sports had that new replay from yeah from his you. vantage point. Yeah, yeah. but then well, they switched away from yeah. it when yeah. it was almost as if it. it they gave you it. His view of it,
1: but they didn't show it. Like from they weren't able
0: to from show. When, it. Yeah, because the ball away. is going. Yeah, back. They awesome. did it in the second half as well when they tried to show the penalty from John Moss's point of view. Showed it from his angle and then zoomed forty yards behind him and we yeah. he touched. Her was he on his knees, out, crawling for air? Was that the view they yeah. showed?
2: There's got to be some level of fitness required to be a Premier League referee. But anyway, yeah, a
1: a of, I mean, that's another debate as well. It, it is another debate. I mean, yeah, yeah. He does run as though he's running
0: in high altitude conditions. Yes, yeah. something yeah. like he's that. just
2: out of shape, isn't he?
0: I don't think I've ever met any supporter who thinks their league's got good referees. Though I think it's is it just refereeing no. in general. Well, I mean, I, I guess think that's it's of football, isn't it?
2: Criticised. I think they. Um, I think the linesmen, I was thinking of their official title then, but who cares, the linesmen aren't they? Are pretty good in this country. But yeah, referees are a hit and miss. But like say, I think every team in every league thinks and they have go the go lower and lower, they get angry. The worst angry. officials, yeah. But going back to the defeat, it was it was a game hard to draw conclusions from because United didn't do a great deal wrong. De Gea just made a mistake. It's, I, I don't think we can read too much into that. Arguably, he was at fault for the sampling goal the week before. for for Valerie's but that's the yeah. type of goal that you you do see goalkeepers concede. It was hit very hard. You're not expecting a shot from a You're not expecting a shot from that distance. The the Jacko one was a more obvious mistake, but I don't think you can draw any long term conclusions from it. United played pretty well, they created a lot of chances. The one issue is that both of their strikers are perhaps not quite ruthless enough. With Rashford it might come. With Lukaku it's probably never gonna come. But you know, that that's the one issue. They had enough chances to, to take the lead and get back in that game and didn't take them. But other than that, you know, there, there was still a lot of positives. They played they played pretty well on day. that I got at least a point from that game. So, you know, it's not one you can draw like Samuel said, you can't draw sweeping conclusions from and vent your frustrations up because there wasn't a huge amount to, to vent at, I don't think. It was yeah. the
1: fact that he he counters it by going with a back three as well, and they played really well. But mm-hmm. sometimes you're I mean, in Something, Paris, yeah. their luck was in in the two two mistakes and the, the dubious penalty on Sunday. Their luck wasn't in. There was a penalty that was given against them. So these these things happen. They'll they'll happen again. But I think from Solskjaer's point of view, probably behind closed doors, away from the cameras. Where I mean, in his press conference, he was smiling and laughing. He was quite quite upbeat as as you'd expect him to. But he must. He, we did see a little bit of it at on Friday when he said about how he's banging on at Rashford about you know scoring the Scruffy type of goals he must be
0: banging on at Lukaku to just be when that first chance comes mm-hmm. along take it I was going to ask what do you think the solution is to that do you think it is just I mean there's not only so much from a coaching point of view you can sort of teach them really that I mean that's just natural goal scoring instinct it's a bit of luck I guess and confidence of the strikers what do you think it is of Lukaku that makes him still miss the like we always say it's such a quirk isn't it you can miss sitters and then score wonder goals and you can prove you wrong in the space of of a match really well, the, the quality of his six goals against Palace Southampton
1: PSG was really high I think certainly the second one at Palace he probably didn't get as much credit um, mm. for that one I think he's just one of those players who snatches at it and I know it's such a lazy journalism <laughs> alert here but it is an easy comparison to make is is the Saha one I'm not making the obvious one there that They're both black strikers. They're both number nines. But Ferguson, I remember, said that Saha was the best striker he'd come across who could finish with both feet. Mm. And Lukaku obviously finished right-footed once at Palace and and twice against Southampton. So he he does seem to be one of those strikers who, if you put them in a difficult scenario to score a goal, he will take that. Mm. But the easy ones he, he won't take. And those strikers, I mean, I'm struggling to think of a striker who, would go about scoring like that I and think get Sterling's 30 quite goals.
0: Similar. He was last season for City. Yeah, yeah. When I mean, they have it, too much time almost, they can never think about If you just give him one a shot to snatch them.
2: Concentration issue. Yeah. On yeah. His I, mean, the, agents, the, I think.
0: The
1: classic one with Lukaku this season was at Burnley um, when I mean, somehow he didn't get a hat-trick in the game. He must have had about four one-on-ones with Hart and one of them he goes round yeah. him but he does the step-over as well and you just think... You know, if, if, if it came to him on the edge of the area and he didn't have a second to think about and just hit it, it'd probably end up in the back of the net. So he's got a good teacher to learn from in, in Solskjaer in terms of icy finishing, taking your first chance. Uh, but I think that's, that's possibly the difference between being title challengers and, and being title also runs, which is something they're obviously going to have to look, look ahead to next season.
0: Yeah, I know you mentioned it before, Something that you're maybe not too worried about Arsenal finishing above United this season. Taren, do you agree with that point of view, that you'd still maybe make United favourites in that, in that battle between them and Arsenal, at least? I mean, obviously Tottenham are falling yeah. quite rapidly well, as well. Mean, Chelsea, inconsistent. Their point against Wolves could be a good one. We, we don't really know yet. Mm-hmm. Wide so I heard on
2: the radio this morning that in terms of the actual betting, United are four favourites in that four-horse race to finish. Fourth favourite. Third favorites. or fourth, Yeah. So, so I think the bookies Arsenal. have it. Tottenham, Arsenal, Chelsea, United. He said the bookmakers have it, which surprised me a little bit, considering yeah, be an, 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 an unnamed and attention-seeking bookmaker. Yeah, no <laughs> <laughs> but it surprised me a little bit in that. Yeah, I think United were favourites to take fourth not so long ago. Haven't really done anything wrong in the league, drawing with Liverpool Wasn't or no, lost at Arsenal there and not There attention-seeking
0: bookmaker that paid out, weren't they? On United finishing fourth or something after the run or something.
2: Uh, they paid out on last paid week, on the didn't they? they? Which did they? is where, you know I mean which wasn't really pretty, much, of a headline, no, no, not no. much of a headline it's <laughs> After everyone remarkably obvious things, isn't it yeah. but yeah, yeah I think that the the good thing Arsenal have is that they have a, the easiest running of those four sides they have a pretty easy running yeah compared I know of a
0: think- producer 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 uh, <laughs>
2: easy for you to say who is
0: Doing the city against that, I remember he was saying to me that he's he's so confident and he's had an off air bet with me that Arsenal will finish top four. I'd said no, they do have
2: they do have a very easy run in, but of all those teams, Arsenal are the most likely to to make a mess of an easy running. But they do look better under Emery this season. They've been very good at home. Um, They've not got any top six games, have they? No, no. They have not lost
0: once at home. That was the
2: first
1: game of the season against against City. City, So, Which, uh, which I thought kind of like made it. A bit more galling for United that they yeah. didn't win, and that they mm. actually were that superior for a large chunk of that game. Yeah.
2: I think I don't. Th- I don't see Chelsea getting top four. I'm going to rule them out. I think it's two from three.
0: Ooh. In the yeah, and if if it's those three for me, it's going to be Tottenham United.
2: Tottenham and United. You, you'd fancy Arsenal have got a wreck in them. Especially, somewhere. I think
0: for Arsenal, it depends on how how they do in the Europa League as well. Because that yeah. could start that, that, top. that
2: will. That will be an if issue well
1: we know from United's experience how that can Damage. have an adverse yeah. effect yeah. certainly towards the end of the season when you have to prioritise it
2: but yeah. I think I mean Tottenham are obviously still in the Champions League and mm-hmm. I think their next, their next league games away at Liverpool they've still got to go away to yeah. City you know if they lose at Liverpool then I think they're in real trouble for a top four spot with City still to come with Champions League games a lot of that team have played a lot of games this season so and you know especially the form domestically they've been showing recently yeah. their their game at the weekend was bizarre so I think they're really vulnerable it wouldn't be a huge surprise if, if they finished fifth and Arsenal and United got in the top four
1: then, well United could just make this moot by winning the
0: Champions League and, yeah. have, and, and they wouldn't <laughs> be worried but it doesn't look like Pochettino's going to have a any summer plans in that case? Does it if Real Madrid have hired and United could soon be? Hired, well, that, that's that's.
1: I mean, there's so many things in football that just kind of like highlight how drastically things can change. <laughs> and this guy was probably the it most not, coveted yeah, manager yeah. in the world a month ago, yeah, if, if that. Um, and now he's just got to be resigned to taking the hit on transfers and servicing the the stadium debt next season. Uh, it, I mean, it'll be fascinating to see what happens there with Pochettino because it's it's just a sliding doors moment. I still think that that defeat, he suffered against United in January. That was the moment where obviously everyone knew the Solskjaer hype was real and there was more to him than just a mere managerial bounce. But And also looking at Tottenham's squad, it's it's starting to look a little bit older now when there were certain players whose, whose futures were a bit up in the air and don't want to sign a contract. So he's done well to keep them at this level but there's there's got to come a point where the bubble bursts for them and he's got it's not just the affinity as with Madrid and All United uh, as he talked about you know meeting Ferguson Um, you could easily if if Tuchel flunks again Mm. at PSG next season it's not played for PSG didn't he so I think they would find him a very attractive prospect to come in.
0: Yeah and of course United beat PSG last week which means they're in the Champions League draw this Friday on our City podcast yesterday we we asked their their pundits who they wanted in the draw and bear, bear in mind they're not even through yet and um, we've got some interesting replies <laughs> I think they will be yeah. um, through the consensus from the City point of view was they want anyone that is not English it doesn't seem like a European away day maybe that's just selfish journalist talk who knows but uh, <laughs> United are in the draw that's guaranteed this Friday of the teams already through Tottenham, Ajax, Porto yeah you might say that, that Ajax are really good against a uh, hapless Real Madrid side but I mean this Porto side got thrashed by Liverpool in Europe last year Ajax, United beat in the Europa League final Three years ago is that now? Or two, two three three years, years really? ago? Yeah. And, and you wonder whether with Ajax, they've they've, already, done, they've had yeah. their moment in the sun by so doing Real Madrid. Are there any teams that either of you obviously were at a disadvantage because we don't know
2: who's in the hat
0: yet, but mm. are there any any teams you'd like to see United face or?
2: I think I think Porto would probably be the nicest um in terms of a winnable game and from a travel point of view as well. You know, playing Tottenham or Liverpool or Man City is Not not just for us, but for fans as well. It is not a Champions League quarterfinal. Yeah, the the
1: fans are also definitely going to want to go abroad. Yeah, this is
2: not purely selfish point of view from us, but I think Porto bit sun on the back in April sounds quite appealing, doesn't it? Um, (laughs) The Diego de la Derby, the Diego de la Derby. Yeah, with Ajax. I think they've got a little bit of sort of Monaco yeah, they have, 2016 they? about them when they went to the semi-finals. The 70s, yeah. It might not have been 2016, it might have been 2017. 2016-17. Yeah. 2017, yeah. We'll let you have that. They've got us close enough, hasn't it? They've got a little bit of that about them. A very a young team, a lot of emerging talents. You know, De Jong's already going in the summer. De Ligt's probably going to go in the summer. They've just got that sense that they could, you know, the journey might not be over for them. So, Especially if Ajax was to get Porto. For maybe yeah. a neutral well, that be I mean Monaco beat City yeah, exactly, in that season and it was kind of a standout maybe. result and it wouldn't surprise me I mean Ajax obviously standout result against Real Madrid but wouldn't surprise me whoever they got if they were capable of causing another shock there in this team, competition there
0: you want to avoid there I mean City, Liverpool are probably the two obvious ones obviously Liverpool aren't through but uh, I think of, of the overseas side United that United will want to avoid
1: it's probably Atletico because yeah. in that knockout environment they are so so good I think I know they went out of the group stage last season but it's got to be what the last four or five years Real Madrid are the only team that have beaten them in yeah. knockout football which happened obviously in a couple of finals and a, a quarter final as well so and Simeone's done he's done a great job there anyway but they don't seem to have much player turnover every summer no, they're and it's, steady. The, the transition when obviously they have had to sell um the marquee name they've brought another one in for a relatively frugal fee and they've stuck around for a decent period of time they've still got Griezmann I think think of the Griezmann lines be able
0: to write Samuel well yeah yeah. it'd
1: be good if they put him out for the, the press conference but it does feel like that that ship has sailed as well um so I think Greece, I mean Madrid is, is a great city and United fans will no doubt love going to, to Madrid maybe not love the engagement with the Spanish police they'd rather be going there in the final though wouldn't they oh yeah well there's that as well of course um, I think Ty actually took a, a picture of it as we were leaving the, the Parc de prance road to Madrid mm. and I, I hadn't given it a second's thought because I just assumed United yeah. wouldn't wouldn't be taking that road <laughs> but, but maybe they are this time so uh yeah But it's, it's a good stadium as well Even though it's a bit
0: out on the sticks The um, the new Atletico one Let's hope the Tottenham Stadium Can live up to that That new stadium hype <laughs> But I guess finally We're not sure If we're going to be doing a podcast on Friday That's why we've done the draw now But uh, as you said tied before The result The defeat to Arsenal Is only really going to be The significance maybe Only found out on Saturday night When United play Wolves in that glamorous 740
2: 755,
0: 755. is it? 755 Nothing says FA Cup Like 755 On a Saturday night Saturday. Yeah
2: Wow, Exactly. The magic that of the one, cup. you two, but yeah. I think it's going to be, um, it, it feels to me like a real sort of, you know, the FA Cup takes a lot of hits these days and there's been quarterfinals recently where you get stadiums that are barely half full, teams still playing second string sides. This feels to me like a proper FA Cup quarterfinal, mm. like a 70s, 80s, 90s quarterfinal that means a lot. Both teams are going to be full strength. It's a sold out game, a night game at Molyneux, Bigger wave following. I think it's going to be an incredible atmosphere. Both teams will feel they can win the FA Cup this year. Wolves have got a great record against the top six, and they've already beaten Liverpool in the cup at home. They've beaten yeah. Liverpool in the cup at home, and it just it feels like it's got that. It feels like a big FA Cup quarter final, like FA Cup quarter should do, but often these days don't. You know, it, it's got the feeling of a potentially, uh, I think, a really special night. I guess for both sides, I saw
0: something that the carrot is: if you win, you you have only got one side you want to avoid until you get to the maybe the final anyway, haven't you? You only want to avoid City and both Swansea sides. City, I think yeah. what you mean. <laughs> well the City podcast I know our colleague Sai has predicted a Swansea win this Saturday. He oh, thinks wow. that Ooh. it's the pressure's on City themselves. Yeah. But that's what I mean as well. That sort of upset could easily happen again. And then you don't want to be crashing out and City crashing out, otherwise it becomes a very interesting competition. I, th- I think the FA will be absolutely desperate that United and, and Manchester City rather than Swansea <laughs> City.
1: Uh Get through because I mean, it has felt sometimes it is as cliche as it sounds, just a luck of the draw. And unfortunately, there have been an awful lot of underwhelming draws in the FA Cup this season. United have had a couple of tasty ones with Arsenal away and Chelsea away, which have you know drawn in big audiences. But I mean, going to the weekend, um, Watford, uh, Watford coach Gracia was getting some stick on the radio, uh, about the changes he made mm. to City, and I was thinking. They are clearly going to finish in the top half of the table. They're safe. They've got an FA Cup quarter final. People complain about teams fielding yeah. weakened sides in the FA Cup quarter final. So if he's actually prioritising yeah. that, fair enough. I mean, Watford fans clearly feel as though like there's a decent chance to at least get to the semi final. Uh, they got to the semi final a few, um, few years ago yeah. as well. Um, he should be applauded for for doing that. And. Wolves have had a very, very settled side all season long. There's, I think you could guess what team uh, is, is going to be played. They were they're very, very good, very much worth their point at, at Old Trafford in, in September. I suppose the only major change, if you like, United are probably going to make is, is bring Romero in for De Gea, which given it could go to a penalty shootout is, is maybe just as
0: well because his record is... Vastly superior than De Gea's. Yeah, it's got to be interesting. The the prospect of that. All well, like I said, we don't know. But uh with Wolves' point against Chelsea, do you see Wolves on Sunday? Tie they, they were quite good away against Chelsea, mm. but uh, it's going to be interesting isn't it? because the pressure's still on United to deliver. And I guess maybe that's what's going to play in Wolves' advantage. is the yeah, fact but, that they are still the underdogs, even though they're at home.
2: They are, but I mean their record and their performances against the top six this season have been fantastic, and they've somehow allowed Huddersfield do the double over them which arguably <laughs> should be automatic relegation um, they do seem suited to playing against top six sides with four points off Chelsea that draw at United at Old Trafford not played them in the league yet, at Molyneux Drew, games Arsenal, lay, drew at, at Arsenal uh, One at Tottenham yeah. so you know they've had some really big results and they just seem very well the way they set up seem very well suited to playing big six sides um, and especially with with the crowd behind them there I think it's going to be a really it's going to be a really tough game I think for United because it's going to be a hell of an atmosphere and Wolves will see it as a real opportunity to Make another statement and, and get through to a, a Wembley semi final.
0: Yeah, what a sight that would be! Wolves versus Watford at Wembley. Elton John would have the Still best a day. Of his dream life, off, isn't it?
2: <laughs> oh, well, we'll wait and see. Who
0: knows? You two might be making your trip to Wembley again. and Maybe that's just because Spurs won't finish their stadium. But who knows about that? We shall see. Thank you very much, Ty and Sai, for Pleasure. joining us. Thank you, uh, it's Ty and Sai. Why am I Who's Andrew Stewart and Samuel. Oh, well, it's been a long day, hasn't it? Rhyming. Tuesdays are too long. Oh, well. Thank you very much for joining us on the Manchester Red podcast this week. Please leave a like and subscribe if you haven't already, and join us again next time.